Hi everyone, welcome back to Waves of Change. I'm Diana Chu. And I'm Dr. Mankit Lee, and we're both therapists here in San Francisco. So Diana, we have a, a weird and scary topic to talk about today. Yes, it's like two things that we're putting together. It could form a word, but sometimes we don't know even know what does that mean. I So if you were to look at the, the videos, the pictures of the riots and whatnot, mm. um, not much Asians. Not much yeah, Asians. Yeah, not much Asians. Folks. I think you see some uh, Black folks. Like I saw two, but like I could not I scour all the pictures. I could not find a single Asian person. Maybe I missed somebody, right? Yeah, maybe. I'm thinking. Or, they, or, or they're smart enough not to show themselves or wear a mask. Yeah. But but what I'm thinking here is like, hey, is where is the Asian element in this story? Where where is the role of Asian Americans in this whole ordeal? And, and not just with the the riot per se, the capital, but you know, what are there any Asian American uh, extremists or far right extremists, Asian Americans? And also, are Asian Americans susceptible to the kind of like, uh, uh, like extremist brainwashing, if you call it that, if you call it? Um, mm-hmm. And I did some like I some I had some digging, and there is. I found two cases that are just incredibly fascinating, um, and I want to talk about that today. Yeah, we're talking about Asian Nazis. We're talking about Asian Nazis, right? Are there Asian Nazis, right? Sounds yeah. kind of like an oxymoron. All right, so if you remember uh, mm-hmm. back in the 2000s when MySpace was a thing, do you remember MySpace? <laughs> That's a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Are we disclosing our, our, our age right now? <laughs> yeah, we're, I'm MySpace age as well. Do, do, do you remember MySpace? Yes, of course. Of, of course, course you do. Okay. So during MySpace days, the number one MySpace personality was this uh, woman who goes by Tila Tequila. Hmm. Right? She's a Vietnamese woman. And she was incredibly popular on MySpace. And she was a model. She did a lot of work, a lot of TV shows. Well, mm-hmm. I, I remember... About five six years ago, I saw a picture of her wearing like the like a whole Nazi costume and doing the Nazi salute, and I'm like, mm. "What the heck is this?" Right. So when I come, was researching this topic, I had to dig her up and see what I find. And apparently, in 2013, now again, this is like straight from Wikipedia. In 2013, she she published something called, and I quote, "Why I sympathize with Hitler," part one. I'm not oh, sure. wait, there are two parts to it? I'm not sure how many parts they are, but just she, she released part one in which she kind of, in this, you know, I didn't read it, but from the description where she supports some of the views Hitler has had. Mm-hmm. And then she says, oh, I, I, I have no hard feeling towards the Jewish people. I just, I'm just pro-Hitler. Like that, that makes very little sense. Um, in 2015, she became a contestant in the, the 16th series of British television show, The Celebrity Big Brother. And then apparently on day two, they found, you know, her writing off why I sympathize with Hitler and kicked her off the show. And she says, oh, you know, that was not me. I know it's because of depression. It's because of, you know, substance use. Um, 
And more recently, well, kind of recently, on May uh, 6, 2016, she tweeted, uh, she tweeted that an Asian-American political commentator, uh, Ben Shapiro, should be, quote-unquote, gassed and sent back to Israel. And she also mm-hmm. posted this one thing. Um, it's right here. Do you know what helped Asians earn respect? An Asian version of Adolf Hitler. I want to be that. Wow. End quote. Interesting, right? So, so like when you're talking, like saying these quotes, mm-hmm. like I could like almost like not think of her as an Asian person. Right. It's like okay. say more. Say like more. as if as if it's like um, I could not associate her as a Vietnamese person or Asian person or Chinese person. Like I, it, it, it's hard to wrap my my brain around that. Um, and also, like the last quote, like I just wonder, um, what is the education background that she have regarding you know World War II, um, her understanding of it, who educates her in that way, what is she surrounding, who is she surrounding herself with, mm-hmm. um, to have these kind of like uh, understanding of the world. Um, I want to stay with that initial emotional reaction that you have. Um, this mm-hmm. feeling that when I was reading these quotes by Tila Tequila, that we we have a hard time seeing her as an Asian person, mm. right? Yes. Um, I also have similar experience where I was reading this and I start to feel like this person does not sound like a, a person of my a minority person, person of color, right? Mm. It sounds like a a member of like the dominant culture, if you will. Yeah. Yes. And I'm wondering, do you think that is the goal? Wait, so you're saying that it's Tila Tequila trying to create a persona or like a a narrative that she is part of the majority? I I think what you're touching on is kind of the crux of today's podcast, this idea of internalized racism internalized mm-hmm. classism if you are if i think in my fantasy i imagine what the life of tila tequila might have been she's incredibly successful she's very popular but i do feel mm-hmm. like her asian background is leading her to being suppressed there's a glass ceiling mm-hmm. because of her yeah uh, or, or, or the asian background is pulling her down uh-huh. At least that's Pulling how she's her down, not right? allowing. Yeah. Right. So rather than seeing it as like, oh, I'm being, you know, I'm being discriminated against, she kind of internalized it as I'm broken, something wrong with me. Right. I was born. Because I'm Asian. My, like, yeah. So I think by taking on this, I'm not saying this is conscious or unconscious, I think it's semi conscious, by taking on this extreme version, right, then is a way of kind of ridding herself of her Asian-ness in hopes of being accepted as a part of the majority culture, dominant culture. It's incredibly sad. And I think after, for me at least, after the, what WTF is this, is, wow, is a very sad, sad person. Like yet she hates herself that much. Yeah, and I wonder about like, yeah, the upbringing. I think that's the second piece that I was mm-hmm. thinking about. The upbringing, the experience. 
mm-hmm. that she have education background, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. understanding of um, you know the World War Two of like how it happened. Because like honestly, Lee, like I think we all come from different parts of the you know experience household or world, mm-hmm. and um, the narrative of of World War Two is very different in different parts of the country and different parts of different countries, right? So, for example, I grew up in Hong Kong. My education regarding World War II, um, it's mostly about the Chinese-Japanese um, part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for Americans, it might be very different. For someone who is from Europe, it's very different, too, about like their narrative of World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, even like... Um, uh, I, you know, like as a young child, um, I know about Nazi and Jews and German and Jews dynamic, mm-hmm. but I do not understand that in a deep way until, um, till I was 15, actually, I went to Germany, Dachau, um, mm-hmm. the concentration camp. And, uh, that was the first time that I really like sink that in mm-hmm. of understanding um, the 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 concentration camps of like what happened, mm-hmm. and and also I still remember the experience of like oh how come I didn't know that like how come like, how such come a big travesty my... and and, this, and yeah. a human disaster and, and like a, like a such a dark mark in human history yet we have we did not learn about it or you did not learn about it at the time I did not learn about or yeah. or the focus wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. Or, or for some odd reason, my subconscious is uh, only focusing on the Chinese, uh, you know, history part of the of the war or Chinese Japanese part of the war. I, I think um, the, in, if I'm correct, I think the emphasis the emphasis will be more like on the rape of Nanking. Yes. Right. Something like yep. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like yeah. also, you know, a, a really black mark in our history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like thinking about education, education. cultural experience, Mm -hmm. right? Like your understanding of the war is uh, really uh, impacted by the perspective that your country have took um, to education to educate the youngers. So since you say that, I'm I'm going to share some other news with you. So, mm-hmm. um, what year was this year? I have an article in front of me right here. I just want to go check what year it was. Okay, 2016. So, in 2016, uh, there was a still school in the Xinchu of Western Taiwan, and in mm-hmm. December, their student body all decided to dress up as "quote unquote" Nazi chick. So, uh, the whole getup. Right, and they all dressed up. They just kind of march around campus in full Nazi gear. Um, wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a big news, and uh, people are just kind of dumbfounded. Like you know, Americans or people from, from other countries kind of looking at it's like, what's going on? Like, why? Why is this allowed? Mm-hmm. Right? Because uh, such a such like a like a taboo thing to do. And then what? <laughs> What was kind of discovered from that is this idea of, like you said, um, uh, ignorance towards the concentration camp, ignorance of what happened to the Jewish people. And when they interviewed these students, they refer to the style of Nazis and they're talking about how the style of Nazism to them represents rebellion 
which is kind of mm-hmm. ironic, right? But to them, it represents like rebellion, it represents differentness, uh, it represents like uh, strength, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like it, what you what you're describing in terms of the ignorance, um, it's it's real. Yeah, but also at the same time, the is that ignorance when you know the narrative of the history is just different. Okay, what do you mean? So if we are so even for example, uh, the riot that happened mm-hmm. last week, mm-hmm. uh, there are people who are like us that is condemning the you know the experience, but mm-hmm. there are also people that is like, wow, this is a, a revolution, or mm-hmm. you know, like there there must be people there outside which have a totally different narrative and viewpoint about the same event. Um, And so I'm just holding that piece with those people educating their children about the history of 2021 or 2020, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Their narrative will be very different. And like their reactions um, of a similar topic in the future would be very different too. I think right now we're in a battle of frame. Right, a battle of mm-hmm. interpretation, if you will. Uh, you and I have a frame of what had happened and what it means, yeah. right? And then someone who's say alt right will have a very different frame, like you described. And I think right now the conflict is established the of which frame is going to be recorded down history. And mm-hmm. so the consensus, mm-hmm. right? The consensus of like this thing is bad or good or you know somewhere in between absolutely um, mm-hmm. um i was reading a lot I'm, i've been reading a lot about nazi germany uh, very much so <laughs> yeah and then something really struck with me is that one of the reasons why hitler became as powerful as he did is not because you know his soldiers per se and it's not because um how much ammunition or how powerful his army was, but it's because mm-hmm. of how much the populace, the people of Germany at the time, agrees with what he's doing. Yes. So it's like, oh, this is this is fine. This is good. This is good for the country. Right. Yes. So if you we were to look at the popular consensus back then, yeah, they think Nazism is a fantastic thing. But mm-hmm. now, many years later, we look back and go, wow, that is some scary stuff that happened. That was really, really bad, right? So the culture changed, the understanding changed, the value changed. And I think right now, history is being made because racism, classism has been in the American culture since its conception, right? We were not mm-hmm. really created equal, right? Um, so right now, I think we're kind of, partially facing that again right yeah we're kind of mm-hmm. facing that again we have to kind of resolve it and we're tackling it uh, again it's, it's, it's like partially right but i think that's what's happening and we're fighting for frame mm, yeah fighting for frame yeah we're fighting for so, frame. Mm-hmm. so like a lot of times like i i i, I still remember i have a discussion with some friends about um, how we try to take the opposite view and and challenge ourselves um, to take that on mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and in what circumstances um, we will take on that view. So, for example, I'm going to ask you: mm. um, Is President Trump a good president? No. Right. Okay. No. So, Lee, how would you, if you were to challenge yourself? Mm-hmm. Come up with points of President Trump is a good president. Mm-hmm. How can you make yourself see that view, right? Because the mm-hmm. importance of like having a conversation with other people um, is to be able to take perspectives, and there are people thinking that Trump is a great president. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's for a different person's job, <laughs> right? I mean, un- unless or, I think my clients and how to do something like that to kind of stretch myself. I will do that for a patient, but like in, in, in my personal life, I don't see a need to do that. However, I think, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I think in our discussion, I think like we come to the consensus or the conclusion that um, if we were to say president Trump is a great president is when um, history take part in, you know, like after years and years and realizing that what Trump did is actually help for democracy. Um, because like, so like, you know, there are some good that he did because he destroyed the whole thing and we built it all up again. It so made, there's a potential of that. Point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he managed to, within four years, gave the presidency, the house and the Senate to the women. Yes. September. Like that's, he give it all away. You know, I mean, he did, exactly. he did make American great again. That's that part. It's that part is correct. Right. So, so, so it's just like the, the, you know, it was a fun ex- thought experiment of like, how can we accept the other perspective maybe years to come or like when history changes course. Yeah. As, as therapists, I do think we should practice that skill in terms of like mm-hmm. considering the other side taking perspective right and and i i do that i do that however i have also learned that that's very psychologically taxing yeah it's very psychologically taxing and it is so I, it's not like an everyday thing that you think about <laughs> no no so what i adopted this view is right now i am i'm american and I have my own opinion, and I don't have be I don't have to be a therapist all the time. And I'm strong in my opinion, saying that hey, we need better leadership, and that leadership was really bad, and a lot of people died, right? Mm-hmm. And I I believe in this idea that if we can change policy, then we can then change minds, and we don't have to do the other way around per se. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, last thing I want to share, and it's it's like a, a kind of a semi-tragic story, is I want to share a little bit about this gentleman named Hank. Let me, let me, let me share his name correctly. His name is Hank John Yu, and Hank John Yu is um, a self-proclaimed Korean Nazi. And he is mm-hmm. all over the internet, and several years ago he was arrested for gun possession and long story short he has like repeatedly make threats to people he described himself as um white right he he he, mm-hmm. he wrote like long statements like oh how asians are, are actually white and he talks about how when people come to america they should you know let go of their uh, inferior culture and adopt american culture instead mm-hmm. um also there's this hate hate for 
single moms, right? He wrote many paragraphs. Hate for single moms. I'm sorry, That's what? interesting. Yeah, interesting. So hate for single moms. Hate hatred for single mother. Hatred for um, homosexuals, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of hate, right? And in his in all his picture, he's wearing like the Nazi uniform, all that stuff. So uh, as I dig around about this individual, I learned more about his history, and it was really sad. And what I found was that he is a son of a single mother who is an immigrant, and he was bully for his sexuality throughout his growing up mm. right um and they actually we can actually see some of this bullying going on because someone had screenshots of like years and years of just online harassment this guy received and i think similar to tila tequila when i the idea of a of a um asian nazi is not someone who is is someone who hates themselves so much, hates their culture so much that they go to the extreme side to hope to get some of that power, right? But it's never there to begin with. So I feel sad. I feel sad. But yeah, then again, I think mm-hmm. they're missing something, right? Like they're missing the joy of the culture that brings to us both, at least, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, the experience of having people who accept them. And I think acceptance is key here. And it's very important that we do have a community who accept us. And if we are living in the community environment that's constantly discriminatory, oppressive, I can see how I can see how an Asian person can be radicalized like that to accept something that hates them. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's something that we need to change. We need to be more accepting of like people. I think I think with social media, with you know, like um, there's good out of it because it feels like it brings the cultural piece closer. Mm-hmm. Um, like sharing knowledge. I don't know. Like I, I go on YouTube and watch videos of how to make Chinese soup. You know, like the things that I would not be able to do if if it's not in this era. Um, and sharing the joy of it. Yeah. And to conclude, um, there's this talk about reaching across the aisle, but instead of reaching across, I encourage everyone to reach around you, right? (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening and joining us. Uh, This is Waves of Change, and we'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye.